Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is The Good Life. Food, wine, and all the good things of life. Now, here's the host of The Good Life, Guy Bauer. Yes, it is. Good afternoon. Welcome to the program. I hope you had a great week. And more importantly, I hope you're ready for a fun weekend. I hope it's already started. It's Saturday. Should have been down at the Old Town Farmer's Market. That's where you should have been. Um, But anyway, uh, it's the weekend. And let's start with uh, cookies. Oh, my God. Who doesn't? I mean, really. Come on. You have cookie memories. I know you do. I do. First thing I ever cooked in my life came off the backside of a Toll House chocolate chip cookie bag. And I got a picture. It's not pretty. A little fat kid with no shirt on and an apron. Not pretty. The the new book is called Fabulous Modern Cookies. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Uh, I got a great wine of the week. I got some wine news to tell you about. The industry lost a a pretty interesting guy that I had the benefit of crossing paths with at Aspen long, long ago. Fred Franzia passed away. I'll tell you more about that later. Uh, And I have got not one, but two wines of the week from a California producer that I'm a little bit intrigued by. uh, And I'll tell you why later. But I got a Chard Merlot, and it's a Jacob Liquor Exchange, and you can get some today. And it's regularly $15 for $11.99. And if they're good, it's time to harvest. But I digress. I also, I'm eating cookies. When I just when I texted these guys, I was eating cookies, and they're just as good the day after as they were right out of the oven. Uh, fabulous modern cookies. You think, well, okay, cookie book. Lessons in better baking for next generation treats. You can read that a lot of different ways. Baking is not uh, easy. You have to follow directions and measurements and things. And Chris Taylor and pa- Paul, I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right. Arguin, is that close? You got it right. No, look at that. Hey, I did learn something in school, barely. Um, you guys, Chris Taylor, Paul Arguin, welcome to The Good Life. Thanks for having us. Yeah, now. Yeah, great to be here. You know, the, the key will be that the three of us don't talk over each other. That's, you know, back to you, Paul, or over to you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> At least there's not a time delay. We can hear each other real time. Um, first, you guys are not trained chefs. You are not pastry chefs by any stretch. 
and you guys both have diverse and interesting backgrounds. Take us through. You can both do it uh, together, separately, however you want, but give us the background on how you got together and what led you to make not only this book, but your other books as well. You, know, you did the new new pie modern techniques for the classic American dessert. I guess was that, that was the first book, right? Correct, yeah. So you're right. Neither Chris or I or our um, uh, trained pastry chefs. Uh, I'm a physician, uh, and Chris is a Ph.D. epidemiologist. So both of us have um, uh, some pretty strong scientific backgrounds. Wow. And we bring the, the scientific training um, to our, our culinary world. Um, so it, it helps shape uh, how we think about baking um, and how we uh, create recipes, as well as um, when we write our books, to um, take people along the path to make it really easy for them to make excellent baked goods. Well, you know, I just, I, I, there's a lot of cookie books, and I've had a couple on the show. But when I got yours, when I got the press release with yours, and then she sent me, and it was late, because apparently uh, Trina Kay didn't get involved with you guys until relatively recently. And and I, I went and I th- looked at, she sent me a PDF or a, uh, a Dropbox, and I'm looking through, and I go, that's not the typical stuff. It's not the typical uh, generic cookies that everybody knows. They're in there. There's some of them in there. But more importantly, the way you broke it down and the way you have the, the, the recipes and the ingredients listed, because let's face it, I grew up cooking uh, and I use recipes as a guide, which you don't have great luck doing that with baking. And, and you not only put, uh, you know, a, a one and a half teaspoon or, uh, you know, a, a, a cup, you put the cup and the weight in grams. And yeah, yeah, you touched on a whole lot of things right there. Um, so I'll start. You're right. We spend a lot of time thinking um, about cookies. We, we care about them so much. We also like eating them. And that's part <laughs> of the reason why yeah. uh, is that uh, when we think about, let's say, taking a chocolate chip cookie, we break it down into its components and we think about the chocolate flavor. That's a very important piece of a chocolate chip cookie. But then also the cookie base itself, that um, that toffee flavored base that you that the chocolate chips are going to be embedded in. Um, uh, we want to maximize all of those flavors. And so we break down how to make a chocolate chip cookie and, and we build it back up again um, to, to make it even better. And then the key part of that is something you touched on is precision. We know a lot of people will sometimes um, complain when they're baking, you know, I don't know what it is. Sometimes, my cookies come out you know, dry and crumbly. Sometimes they're wet and mushy, and I don't know what I'm doing differently. And the big reason is probably they're measuring their ingredients wrong. Um, and so we give instructions on, on how to do that. Um, so, again, the whole idea is that if you can follow these instructions, um, we'll guide you to exactly where you want to be uh, with cookies. Well, and you know, when somebody says 16 ounces of something – and you've got a measuring cup that says 16 ounces. Okay, that's liquid. I can do that. But if you have a high-quality scale, and you guys have this, you have a, a, a little chart in here that gives you some hints, and, and you pre-weigh the measuring cup, then you put six and make it zero and put 16 ounces of water in it uh, as a measure of volume, it doesn't weigh, as, what, it doesn't weigh 16 ounces. 
and water's pretty close. Isn't water pretty much one of the ones that is fairly accurate when we go with ounces in volume versus ounces in weight? It's pretty close. They, that's sort of the old saying, a, a pint's a pound the world around, yeah. um, referring to, to water. But a lot of people think that that applies to all ingredients. So a cup of water does not weigh the same as a cup of flour. It does not weigh the same as a, as a cup of sugar. So we really try to promote the importance of weighing um, ingredients, especially, too, something that we've learned doing a lot of baking. If you are measuring by volume, you know, using dry measuring cups or liquid measuring cups, the the precision of those cups can vary widely. If if you're like me and you sometimes you like to get your baking supplies that maybe like a TJ Maxx or a Home Goods, those might not be the most accurate cups. You know, they those lines <laughs> that are um, painted on your Pyrex measuring cup might be maybe an eighth of an inch off, and you're going to get more liquid than you would expect. Or, or if you really like those really pretty fancy pewter dry measuring cups that maybe, you know, have some sort of Mary Englebright theme or something like that. <laughs> um, they might not hold a cup of flour. They're very pretty to look at, but they might not be um, the most useful when it comes to making sure that you can bake accurately and reliably every time. Well, and the measurements that we're speaking about is just one small section of the first 15 pages. And guys, I am prone to get attached to a book if the first chapter or the introduction section is worth the cost of the book. So when we look at the introduction that you guys wrote, cute picture, by the way, on the front with all of the cookie cutters. Um, (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But the getting started section, I mean, really, if someone is interested in baking, you can find recipes. We know that. But it's hard to find a concise overview of everything you put in the getting started section because – it just starts in the beginning, the philosophy of the cookie and and some of the issues that come up, but not always, you know, the things that people have trouble with. And then the essential ingredients and people talk about what kind of flour to use or what kind of sugar to use. And most people just go, oh, flour and white sugar. And there's so many different ways to use different types of flour, different types of sugar. And, and things that you can do with sugar to make it a completely different thing, like your, uh, your, your what is it, brown butter chocolate chip cookies, bronze butter chocolate chip cookies. Um, that makes that beautiful surrounding of those chocolate bits that you talked about uh, that much more important. What are, if you had to boil it down, and now we're taking 15 pages here, what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes and baking, we talked a little bit about weights and measures, but other things that people do that are just simple things that they'll go, oh, why didn't that come out good? Oh, yeah. I think our next, after weighing, I think the next important thing is um, substitutions. Uh, people like to make a lot of substitutions. And it, it's great um, if you can make a substitution and it works um, with a recipe that you're maybe more familiar with. Um, with a new recipe, sometimes that's harder. And there's a lot of ingredient variety that we have out there at the grocery stores now. There's not just, you know, wheat flour. There's gluten-free flour. You can find whole wheat flours. Um, you can find teff and a lot of other flours that weren't as common a couple of years ago. Different types of sugar. We know there's brown sugar and white sugar. Some people like to use no-calorie sweeteners like a Splenda, something like that, liquid sweeteners. People don't like to use refined sugars. They want to use something like a honey or an agave. 
syrup. Um, and so it's important to know that these items aren't always substitutable one-to-one. -one. If we say a cup of sugar, you can't substitute a cup of honey and think you've done, you know, the work um, because honey has water in it. Um, you're introducing liquid. It, it acts in a different way. Um, same with if you have un, um, wheat flour and you try to substitute, like bleach traditional white wheat flour and you try to substitute it with whole wheat flour. Um, that whole wheat flour has more protein in it. It's going to absorb more water. You're going to end up with a drier cookie. Um, and so um, we always try to educate people, you know, if you, if you want to substitute, here are the things you need to think about. And I think people are going to substitute anyway. There are people that have dietary needs. Um, they have um, concerns with eating more refined sugars or wheat flours or white flours. Um, but we, we try to educate people on this is what this is what can happen, and these are some of the things you think about. I think substituting ingredients can be something that people need to look out for. Um, and I think for baking, and I think we've sort of touched on this a little bit, is just make sure you follow the steps of the recipe. Um, we're scientists by background, but we we don't we when we approach a recipe, we try to make it approachable for someone who has baked all of their lives or someone who hasn't really baked much at all. Um, so we try to give very detailed recipes, not, not because, you know, we think people need a long recipe, but we want people to see if you are baking, you know, and some recipes will just say bake the cookies for 10 minutes. Um, but depending on your oven, um, you know, that might take longer. So we try to say bake for 10 to 12 minutes until they're light golden brown around the edge and the center is firm. We try to give you a lot of clues. Um, but it's important that you know what those clues are and you follow those clues. We sort of rely on readers and bakers to, to trust us, um, that we've put in the work to make the recipes. Um, and if you trust us and follow, the, follow how we instruct you to weigh the ingredients, um, follow along um, how we ask you to bake it and portion it, uh, we think everyone will be successful. But it is important just to follow, follow that that. Those, those steps and, and you'll get there. Yeah, and doing yeah. this implies getting things measured and set up ready to go so that you can do that easily instead of going back to the book each time is a good way to do it. Um, what I'd love for one of you to touch on something that uh, I go back and forth on. You know, there's all kinds of sugar substitutes, whether it's equal or Splenda or blah, blah, blah. What do you guys think about some of the, the more natural, non- uh, if I say toxic, that sounds bad, but less bad for you, like monk fruit or stevia. Yeah, so I guess the first thing to think about is that sugar does a number of different things. So, uh, again, fr from the science perspective, uh, it's not just simply there to provide sweetness, which is but that's certainly one of the key roles. Um, different sweeteners actually have, are, are, have different strengths of sweetening power. So that's one thing to keep in mind when you're, when you're going to swap out a sweetener. The other thing is there's some mechanical properties of the sugar as well. So, for example, let's say if you're trying to incorporate air into your cookie dough, uh, one great way to do that is to cream your butter and sugar together. So a, a granulated sugar has rough edges that when you add it to some softened butter and whip it together, that roughs up the butter and helps create little air holes all throughout the butter. Um, if you were to then substitute that for, let's say, a very finely ground powdery sweetener, um, that you're not going to get that nope. mechanical action to, to help cream your butter. 
Um, uh, sugar also provides um, uh, some actual flavor other than sweetness. So as the sugar cooks and browns, you'll get that um, caramelly flavor. Oh. Um, uh, other sweeteners bring their own flavors. So honey tastes like honey. Molasses tastes like molasses. And so some of these other things uh, will introduce other flavors, could mask the flavor that you're trying to uh, achieve. Um, ultimately, they affect the browning of the cookie, but sometimes the structure. If it's a meringue, um, you need the, the structure inside uh, the cookie. So all of these things need to be taken into account. So um, I guess one of the things we have a, a section in the book about making substitutions. So if, if you are, let's, uh, you, you mentioned monk fruit. So if you really want to try and make this cookie with monk fruit, we encourage that. We encourage you to, to do your own experimentation. Uh, and we give some guidance in the book with uh, some instructions on how to do that. One of the most important things is to only change one thing at a time. So, um, if, if, if that way you can sort of assess how, how well you did. So if you, um, yeah, exactly. So or, or not how well you did. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you, you, so you'll know what, what went wrong if something yeah. happens. So you, you could start with it and you say, okay, wow, this, this didn't really work out with the monk fruit. It's not sweet at all. I must need to add more. Or, or then you can start doing some iterations to try and improve your, your test. Um, we do use, um, we certainly do have some cookies in there that use honey, that use molasses. Uh, so there's, there's other things in there. So if you can, if you, if that's the first one you want to try, you can try one of those other cookies um, before starting your own experiments. Well, I, I, I have more questions about the essential stuff and we will kind of do an overview of, of some of the recipes, especially uh, the one that I'm eating. Uh, <laughs> it, it, well, I like chocolate. And uh, we, we looked at several different recipes and tried to come up with one that would, she had all the ingredients of the house for her. That was a good deal. I wanted bronze butter chocolate chip cookies, but she made these chocolate beauties. Oh my God. Uh, it, it, I can't remember the name. Deep chocolate fantasy rolled cookies. That's what we're eating here in the studio. Oh, nice. Oh, and they're just, it reminds me more of a British style cookie. You know, it, it and it it begs to be dipped into milk, or you know, it, you need a glass of milk. It makes it better. And but let's take a break. If you guys can stay with us uh, uh, through this uh, short break, we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about that front section, but then we'll talk a little bit about the huge array of of wonderful recipes that are in fabulous modern cookies. It's by my guest Chris Taylor and Paul Arguin. When we uh, come back, we'll talk more about the book. And don't forget. Not this time, but eh, maybe the next break. Uh, we'll give away a copy of the book, too. So, Don't go away. I'm Guy Byron. It's a good life. I'm glad you're with us today here from the Odyssey Good Life Studio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 